Welcome to the Wine and Shuffle, the ICTFC fan podcast, the podcast that's been away for a while but always comes back like an amusing smell, or Derek Adams. On this pod, it's seven games unbeaten for a big dunk, it's goal machine David Watherspoon, it's a goodbye to Robbo, it's circus time over the bridge and it's a look forward to the Christmas Cali action. All that and 29 years worth of ICT references back down to now, a wild conjecture and the usual mild distraction. Let us shuffle. Ingress, what the hell, how you doing, no bar to sell, for shitty way. Welcome one and all, I'm Andrew Moffat and we are back, the team is back, the pod is back, joining me for this uh, unbeaten and seven triumphant return to form of a pod is back for good, Sandy Sutherland, hello. How are we all doing? Get back, Andrew Young. Hello. I want you back, Rackets, Billy Dodd, Stevie Riley. All right. <laughs> all right, boys. And joining us for the first time, backseat freestyle, Mr. Lee Tarling. How are you doing, Lee? Like, how's it going? Right, chaps. Um, yeah, we haven't done we haven't done <clears throat> this for a while. So you know, what is the? Some people are interested in what you do with your lives. I'm not. Uh, one, what's one mildly interesting thing you've been up to over the last few weeks? And what's been the absolute highlight of the last seven matches of the games that you've seen? Uh, one thing I've done since we've been away, I went to London over a weekend and I took in a Millwall game against Southampton. Yeah? Uh, first time, yeah, f- first time I've ever been down at the Den. Um, it was as true to its reputation as I thought it would be. Uh, good track though. Uh, good game. Uh, Southampton stole it in the last minute, uh, so naturally the, the Millwall fans went nuts to the point where they actually uh, caused a, a riot in the streets uh, at full time. Uh, forced me to double back and have to go home the other way, but that's okay. These things happen. Uh, welcome change from the norm. Not quite TCS, but it did for a Saturday. What are the, what are the boozers like around there? Quite rough. Did you go to? Did you go over the river from Millwall to uh, yeah, we did. Isle of Dogs? We, yeah, we, did, we didn't get... Where did we get to? We got to, we got to a place... Oh God! We were kind of pushed for time. We ended up stopping at a little boozer in Peckham, and it wasn't the Nags Head. I can't actually remember what the name of it was. But good day out, uh, unique experience for any footy fan that enjoys a, a hop around the ground. I'd recommend that one. Superb. And uh, of of the recent of the recent action, I would say the goal that we got against Dundee United, fantastic goal, back to front, lovely passing move, great finish by Shaw, really good moment, kind of typified. How much we kind of grown as a side under dunk, I think. Stevie! Happy football, mate. Working, travelling, getting pissed in Conor McGregor's pub. Uh, get one UFC belt, mate. So that was pretty tidy. Um, I saw a picture of that. What's, what's the deal there? Aye, uh, she's got a pub in Dublin called the... Um, what was it called again? The Black Forge Inn. So basically it's a pub that used to be local, which was a total toilet that he's done, in, or done up to this sort of superb pub that's overpriced for tourists like me, mate. But yeah, no, you get your picture with the UFC belt and... You pay overpriced uh, euros for drinks and uh, food, mate. But no, it's good pub, good crack. So and it's the actual belt, is it? Actually, replica, mate. I think there's, I think there's probably about fifty of them in the pub that yeah. they just throw out to dickheads like me <laughs> that come in half drunk, want a photo with it. But um, I pretty good, mate. And then football-wise, um, 
Aye, Sandy stole my thinking about United because I thought the whole passing move from Cami um, to begin with, and then the drive back to Cami, and then the finish was amazing. So I'll go. I'll go last weekend, mate, because how we. I know we only stole one point rather than the three, but I've never seen a game like it with a home team hitting the post and bar seven times. I think it was six in the first half, but yeah, sort of dogged performance that we wouldn't have um, we wouldn't have got last season. I mean, I think uh, I think last season we probably five six nothing down, mate. So Duncan drained his luck with that one, but no, decent decent to pitch, mate, and uh, not too bad off it as well. And Lee, you you're joining us for your for your debut. You're a long time listener. Uh, you yeah. know, people that maybe wouldn't have met you at a game or that, tell us about, you know, where are you from, um, you know, been to many games this season, and uh, what's 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 your background? I believe you've got a bit of a, been a bit of comedy in, in the past, sorry. Yeah, well, I've uh, I've dabbled my hand in it. Um, when I was living in Aberdeen, um, they, um, they had a local comedy club, which was um, really um, give opportunities to people that wanted to try it. And I was like steaming one time when we went to a show. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I can fucking do that. And um, of course, I thought, yeah, and and give it a go. And it was really good. And I, I met some good um, people doing that. Manager of a local um, welfare football team here at Gregalki Football. Um, so yeah, um, that keeps me busy. I'm a lorry driver. That's why I get to listen to all the pods. Um, the otherwise, you I wouldn't. Get, otherwise, you wouldn't. <laughs> no, no, I, um, I, I listened. I listened to uh, from uh, day one. Actually, I, I was the winner of your first competition. I got really? the Sean Welsh t-shirt. Um, ah, and maybe told me that, Lee. I will keep keep on trucking, yeah. mate. Keep on trucking. Yeah, I want to hear some trucking stories through this month. There must be a few <laughs> yeah. Truck stops, um, late nights and stuff. Yeah, local ladies. No, none of that stuff. Just wanking lonely in a, in a back <laughs> There's a level. <laughs> ladies there's ladies and gentlemen, there's a level right there. Welcome <laughs> welcome to the pod, Lee. What's been your highlight of the games uh, since since Ferguson took over? I think, one, just getting them in, like the coup of getting that, that big name in. But David Wallerspoon has been the highlight, I think, for every fan. And I think we should be um, trying to... Double down and getting past January because he's just been the difference in so many of the games so far. It's been he's been unreal. And Mister Young, hello again. Hello. Hey, what have I done? Hey, I finally moved to Inverness um, in October. It feels like it's been in the pipeline for months and months and months. Uh, but yeah, we, we got in into the house after kind of a, a couple of months stop off in in King UC. Um, and it's great. It's great. Kind of within five minute walk of a Harry Gow's, which is always good, you know. Wait, where um, is it? What area? What area? Don't think you'll come knocking on your door. So, sort of scurgy sort of area, right. like uh, close to Sandy, like so. Um, you of... promised land. Exactly. Yeah, I kind of feel feel a bit feels like a bit of a betrayal, given that I kind of grew up as a Thistle fan and I'm deep in the heart of Cali country. But uh, there you go. I've, I've both sides of the merger represented me. Um, Highlight the last six games, probably a really, really specific one. Um, and it's a build up to the penalty for our third goal in the Air United game. Um, might not seem very obvious, but it was just at that point in the game we were playing with huge confidence and fluency. And it was just a really, really nice move. Um, Harper was brilliant throughout the game. He plays it to Anderson, swings a crossfield ball to Carson. Carson actually hits a kind of a first time cushion blob to Mackay, controlled in his chest, and played a little slide pass into Wotherspoon and he wins the penalty. And it was just, it was a really brilliant kind of point in that game where everything we did seemed to come off, you know, and you can hear the crowd kind of 
on the highlights, kind of reacting to it, you know, with appreciation. And it was great. It kind of felt like the whole Ferguson thing was coming together, you know. And actually, we've probably not been as good in the last couple of games, but that was, was really a sense of this team is starting to go somewhere now. So that, that was my highlight. Uh, I I started a new job. Um, to, I, I started my new job actually. I think exactly the same day that Duncan Ferguson started as uh, as Cali manager. Um, two months ago it was as as we record this. Exact two months exactly actually, um, and that's taken a lot of my time. Um, given that I used to do a lot of the prep for this prod pod in my old job, so now I actually have quite a lot of work to do. I don't have a lot of time to do prep. So the fact that Lee's on. And he's got some gags. That's that's fantastic because I've not had time to produce any for this one. So you know, a lot's riding a new addition to this podly. Um, yeah, like you, Sandy, I managed to go to a London football game um, when I was away. Uh, went to Leighton Orient again, uh, and I got to I got to go to West Ham's ground because um, the a big meeting, a company meeting. I was I was at from a new job was held in the director's box, so that was pretty cool. Um, and then I was going to say, my, my, I mean, personally, again, like the two of you, I, I thought the goal against Dundee United was 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 amazing. You know, I was at the game and it was it was it was a joy to behold. Great movement, great great passing move, and there's obviously a lot of work gone into that behind the scenes and training to be able to, to enact the counter attack like that so well. But I'll probably say just to be different, um, other than the obvious ones, I think the boy Boyce um, is or boys, however you pronounce it, I think he's an absolute Rolls Royce. I think he's a Rolls Royce of a player and he's an absolute class act. It's been a couple of seasons since we've had a really good, competent, but also a good ball-playing defender at the back there. And I think he adds a lot to the team in terms of his pace, in terms of the way he can move the ball at midfield. I think he's a real addition and, a, and he's coming on to a great game. So yeah, that's us touched on the basics. Um, next up, we're going to talk about uh, the team in general and go game by game. you got no soul, you rubber bumpers! Game by game, we've gone from ninth to seventh in six games, picked up 12 points. We're four points outside the playoff places with the game in hand. We've scored nine goals, only let in five. This is just in the league matches. Only conceded three in the last five matches. He started off with a back four, then switched to a back three for United. He's kept that shape v air and Dunfermline. We're seeing great performances every week by boys, by Harper, by Anderson, Gilmore, Wotherspoon and now Devine, he's got a settled team and we're not losing games. Um, we'll talk about some of the specifics in terms of of the the game shortly, but it, Lee, you talked about Wotherspoon already. You know, what other than, because he's the goal scorer, other than him, you know, what, who's who's impressed you most out of the individuals that have been added to the team or what's, in terms of what's changed since the new manager's come in? Um, well, unfortunately, it's, it, like you said um, on your um, highlight, the boy boys, it's been the two lone players, isn't it? Um, I thought Mark Sanderson looks a real solid player. Um, got a bit of a dog about him. I really like him. Um, Dundee must have some squad if they're not putting him out on loan, like willy-nilly to us. Um, and I think, like you said, um, boys, boys really um, com- comfy on the ball. And he's got a bit of pace to that back line, which we've not seen since probably Josh Meekins, I would say. Um, he looks a lot. He reminds me a lot of um, Josh Meekins, actually. I've um, really enjoyed them. Who's made the biggest improvement, AY, of the players that were already there? For me, probably Cami Harper. Um, and I think that's partly to do with switching to the um, the three at the back. Not that Harper was, you know, was doing particularly badly, but I just think it's, we've always recognised that his greatest strengths 
are going forward. You know, he's, he's a wing back rather than a defensive uh, left back. And um, the three at the back, especially given how good Boys and Udger, by the way, as well, have been there. It's just freed Harper to kind of um, drive forward. And it's use of the ball, you know, the way that he's kind of, inter, you know, interlinking passes with the likes of Billy Mackay and uh, David Wotherspoon. You know, he was involved in, I think, all three goals against Air United in the last home league game. That, you know, and he was playing with so much confidence, you know, I just think he is someone that really seems to have blossomed under Ferguson, you know, but all... All the players, I think, are you know are, are showing you know greater determination, greater greater confidence under him. Sandy, the system that he's played in the last three league matches, he changed it for the Cowdenbeath um, Cup game. But th- this is a it's a hard system to implement. The three at the back, essentially becoming a five. Um, do do you think that the players have adapted to it better because you know we we thought they're better than you know they're better players than we thought they were, or do you think it's because of the manager's background as a coach? There's a bit of both to that. Um, players have certainly praised training since he's come in. There's been a, a few of them that have all pointed that out uh, between sort of new players and players that have been here a while. And there's been a, a lot of them have all talked about how he's tried to sort of imp- uh, implement a passing game. And I think over time, we've seen that kind of grow in the games as, as they've gone on. And having that sort of back three just it's given us that little bit more stability at the back as well and it's also given the opportunity for the full backs to roam properly and I think Cami Harper as I AY has touched on has improved greatly I think David Carson has as well uh, on the right side too we are definitely getting better uh, we've got a quality start in 11 and I think it's also shown that and that it's not changed much since he's come in as well uh, and I think the only thing we're, we're really needing to sort of get into now is maybe just being a bit more clinical in front of goal because everything else on the pitch seems to be going really well Yeah, I mean I said at the top there we've scored nine goals, we've only let in five but we're not scoring a lot of goals, Is that does that worry you Steve? Because while you know we're not conceding a lot of goals and that should actually keep us safe that should be the thing that keeps us safe in the division and I know that's what they're focused upon the manager said that, but do you think it's sort of slightly worrying in that the league isn't a great league this season, and if we did make a little bit of a step up more, you know, score more goals, we could quite easily get playoffs. No, I think so. I think I think my worry a little bit is more the bench. I mean, the boys that started yesterday, I think Brooks and Sherrod were up top yesterday, didn't score, made two changes. What happens? Mackay comes on and Walshman come on and score. I think, like I think Sandy said, his first eleven he really likes them. I think I don't have a lot of faith in the bench. Um, but in the hindsight, he has changed a lot of games early to give the guys minutes. I think I think we need some more strength up top. I know we've got big Harry. I, I don't think Harry will be there long term. I don't think Sheridan will be there long term. I think finding someone off the bench that can pitch in maybe five, ten goals coming on for 20 minutes is essential because Mackay's always going to start. Wallerspoon's always going to start while he's here. So that's a worry. I don't think the bench is that strong. Um, but again, he's, he's not a transfer window yet to... To bring his boys in yet, so it might. Do you think we'll change. see quite a lot of movement then? Because, um, you know, I know it's a bit harsh judging Sheridan because he really hasn't played a lot of football, but he wasn't he wasn't judged. You know, he didn't do himself many favors, I think, against Cowdenbeath. But um, so he's obviously not done brilliantly. Um, Big Harry, people say he's not really up to it, and um, we Brooks, you know, could do with maybe long term I think I think he's yeah he's, he's, not for this season. Front no, yeah, no for, for the future so do you, are you almost certain then that we'll see at least one if not two forwards coming in the in the window I don't know what I'd imagine um you'd like to think there might be some boys 
that maybe aren't Ferguson's guys that might move on. Um, I mean, not to name names, but like I said, Davison hasn't played much. I mean, Duffy's uh, fighting with Carson to play right back, so is there, is there need to have another fullback there? You can maybe see him going, but I think we need to ship out two or three before we can bring boys in. I don't think the funds are there just to bring boys in on top, so be interesting to see if maybe get even send some boys out alone might might sort of lighten the wage load a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's talk about the matches specifically. Um, two 0 against Cowden Beath. It was looking pretty hairy for uh, well for eighty minutes. <laughs> for eighty minutes, there possible upset on the card. Uh, I think he's made seven changes. It's uh, lineups: Mackay, Ujir, Devine, Delaney, Duffy, Shaw, um, Sean Welsh has come back in. Gilmore, Longstaff, uh, Sheridan, and Brooks up front. Um, who who was at the game, and who can give me a rundown on on what on what transpired? Um, I'll take that if you want. Um, I mean, my first thought when I saw seven changes was, oh God, you know, did he not learn from Nairn County? Uh, because obviously that was a game that we uh, we end up losing. I know it's just a challenge cup, but it was frustrating. But actually, if you look at yesterday's lineup, it's a lot more experienced than the team that started against Nairn was. I think everyone in yesterday's team, apart from Brooks, actually had significant first team experience, either with us or with other teams. And I think that's reflected in the fact that we weren't actually troubled very much by Cowdenbeath. Um, the bigger issue was something you've just touched on, which is that we created very, very little. Um, I mean, I saw people on Califis Law Online sort of reacting in this kind of real doom and gloom sort of, oh, you know, false dawn type thing, you know, refer- referring to Ferguson. I think that's that's an overreaction. Um, you know, I think regardless of the gap in player quality, it's actually really hard to create a lot against a team that's well-organised defensively and is pressing hard and isn't taking risks going forward. That's what we did against Celtic in the Scottish Cup final and it worked for, you know, for a lot of the game. And that's kind of what Cowdenbeath did against us. You know, um, they did make it difficult. Um, that said, I think our final ball was really poor and there were definitely players that were that were off. I mean, Sheridan barely got into anything in the first half and when he finally did in the second he missed two really good chances he just he just seems to lack sharpness and he's he's not got much pace anymore anyway um brooks we've talked about and he looks quick he looks keen but again he didn't do very much with the ball when he had it and it would have been good to see him start with Wotherspoon to see if Wotherspoon could kind of talk him through the game more and maybe create more for him um I thought Sean Welsh looked a little bit cautious a little bit tentative um but I also thought that Callum Elliott had obviously identified him as a player that was going to potentially create a lot or be a sort of like a string puller unless he had him strongly marked so I think Welsh was actually pretty tightly marked throughout um and our more creative players Longstaff actually started in a quite lively sort of way, you know, but then he faded. Shaw was the opposite. He was very quiet first half. He came on to a better game in the second. And you'd kind of hope against a team like Cowden Beef that you'd want both those players on it from the start and trying to unlock them from either side. So, again, they're just a wee bit slow to start then. Um, last couple of things, maybe just uh, I think that Shaw and the, it was a 4 for 2 in paper, but Shaw and Longstaff were tucked in. I think that was probably to let. Delaney and Duffy overlap and I don't think they did that very well I thought that Delaney in particular kind of ceded possession a little bit too easily you know um, and so it, it kind of ends up with Wotherspoon and Mackay coming on and kind of making the difference you know but at least we've got players that can do that you know and I think Ferguson was positive about the performance in the end and said that most of the players did well but I think what you'll take out of it is that he'll realise beyond that first 11 he doesn't have many players that um create a lot you know he, he doesn't have many players that can really make a difference beyond the first 11 and also that um, Max Anderson in particular is a very very important player I think to the way we play now in terms of being able to control possession in the middle of the park because again I thought we didn't really impose ourselves quite enough and he's been 
able to do that for us. So I think he's going to be a big thing going forward. Uh, so yeah, a, a, a really boring, cold game, but we're through, you know, and we've seen that sort of game before. It's not, you know, they happen. Yeah, well, I can ask a question because I, I wasn't at the game. Mm-hmm. I'm impressed with Charlie Gilmore, right? I think he's come on. He's one of the boys, mm-hmm. I think, who was an existing player. I know he's not been that long, but I think it's hard for Wells to come back in at that team. I know we played pretty decent yesterday, by all accounts, but if you look at Anderson and Gilmer, I like that too. And mm-hmm. it's, going be a, it's going to be a tough challenge, isn't it? Yeah, I agree with you, absolutely. And that's no slay on Sean Welsh. I just think that um, Anderson and Gilmore seem to have clicked so well. And I think Gilmore really has. You've seen what other people probably, or the, whoever signed him, like Robbo or, or Dodd signed him, um, saw in him. Um, uh, under Ferguson, you know, um, we've we're actually seeing the player that they presumably thought they had signed, uh, because Anderson, I think, uh, does a lot of the kind of the driving and all that, and that allows uh, Gilmer to sit just behind him and sort of, you know, pick up the ball and and spread the ball about really well. Yeah, which is a lot of the time the role Welsh plays. So yeah, I I, I think the Welsh is going to be probably on the bench a lot of the time. You, you, know, need, I can't you, need, see... you need three top central midfielders though. So, you know, if one yeah, of those two is not available, he's going to play and he's more than good enough. Absolutely. I, I agree with that totally. But I just don't think he's going to, he's going to come straight back into the team, you know, regardless of the fact that he's the club captain, you know, I think he'll be, he will be on the bench a lot of the time. But yeah, yeah you absolutely want him. Lee, you wrote on Twitter, X, this has been one of the worst halves of football I've ever seen. <laughs> because it was, it was, absolutely, yeah. We, under Ferguson, we're not shipping goals, which is a good thing. But we also, I feel that we're a lot getting in. We forget to attack, like almost. It's too slow to get forward. It was in this was a, a Cowden Beater in the Lowland League, and they're struggling in the Lowland League, where I thought we were, should be playing in their half trying to get and see some of the time when we were we were stepping off them letting almost allowing them to have the bulk of the possession like a, a bit of possession I just thought it, we didn't create much that first half and I don't really remember us having a clear cut chance for being honest like maybe some of the other guys can we had a couple of chances in the first half um, I think Ujir had a headed off the line right at the start and then I think Brooks forced the goalie into a save. But no, I agree with what Lee says. I think at times we were too tempted to kind of go from side to side or go back when it would have been probably better be a bit more direct, especially when we had a sort of big man up top and, you know, a pacey sort of striker who was meant to be trying to get in behind. Um, and I think as, as AY says, you know, Sean and Longstaff were, were sort of coming in field and offering that opening for both fullbacks and they just weren't they weren't taking it on. Uh and I think that's maybe one problem is on the wings we kind of lack pace. We've got players who are okay. We've got players who have got a decent delivery on them and can sometimes beat a man. But when you're playing like that and it is quite fast paced the passing when we do get going on the few occasions that we do, you know, our wide boys just don't seem quite quick enough to beat a man and open up the pace for themselves. So it's maybe something we need to address in January as well if we're going to kind of carry on playing the way we are uh, but I mean it was a chance for some of these guys to make an impression um, a lot of them got you know plenty of minutes and for me not not any of them really really took it on uh, and as has been said you know we needed our our two sort of experienced regulars to come on and kind of bail us out of trouble to stop it being embarrassing. And t- two outstanding goals absolutely yeah, brilliant. Absolutely. I suppose you got you got a praise dunk for that because you know he 
he saw it wasn't happening. He gave these guys as many minutes as he could, and then he mm. did the right thing. He took on he took on the two of them. He took on Carson, who shored up that right hand side because Duffy was starting to get beaten far too easily on on the Cowdenbeath left for my liking. So Carson came on and shored that up as well. Between the three of them, those are the changes that won us the game. Does it really? We're in the Scottish Cup. We're still in the Scottish Cup. We're probably going to be in the Scottish Cup after the next round as well because the round uh, the draws being made about half an hour before we started recording this. And we have got Broomhill. And for, for those who are unaware, they were called Open Goal Broomhill up until last season, managed by Cy Ferry uh, of podcast fame. And, but he left in the summer and then they reverted to their old name of, of Broomhill. And they play... They're, so they're originally from Glasgow. You used to be called BSC Glasgow, which people right. remember from good Scottish Cup runs that they had. Alloa, managed... they, well? What's that? Played at Alloa. They were a bit homeless for a while. Yeah, they they're now there. playing at Dumbarton, I believe. Um, right. so yeah, we don't have to go, go to the bar and they've got to come to us. Do we need to do we need to know anything else? I had a little look at their squad. There's nobody Rabin Omar from the lower leagues. I recognise him. Other than that, don't recognise any of their players. Who's the manager, Steve? Demon Swift, who was there when they were BSC. Oh right, yeah, yeah. So he's actually got quite a good record. So could be a potential banana skin. Um I presumably we'll have to play a little bit better than we played against Cowden Beef anyway. Uh, probably. I, I don't know. I mean Stephen Smith, sorry, Stephen Swift did well with um, Broomhill, but um, when he stepped up to Stenhouse Muir, he did that classic kind of um, Jim Jeffries at Bradford thing of sending all his ex-players and it didn't go well for him. So, you know, I, I'm not sure that, um, I'm not sure we have too much to fear from them, you know. And obviously, Ferguson will be very keen to get us into the last 16, um, so he's not going to kind of weaken the team. And I suspect, uh, my prediction will be that Killian Sheridan will not start this one. You know, he might he might um, play a slightly weakened team, but I don't think he's going to start Sheridan up front because I just don't think he offers enough. When's that fixture to be played? Saturday the 20th of January. So I think I heard Sandy whisper there, Sheridan won't yeah. be here. I yeah, no, I think there's a good chance he will not be there. Wotherspoon, I hope he'll be there by then. Absolutely. Yeah, let's talk about that. I don't know if he will because he's talked in the press about. I think his family are based in Kirk Liston. Is that right? My outside Edinburgh. Would that be right? Should have read that. Anyway, his family are based down south, and um, he's finding it difficult being away from them a bit. So you know, he's doing well, doing well, doing ridiculously well for us. So if anyone else comes in with a good offer around about the same mm-hmm. level, he's going to go. See if we're not off them anything by now, then I'm, I'd be worried. But I mean, we could do. I'm, I'm not telling the club how to do their job, but you could do a cup broadfoot where you could see, look, train down the road yourself. I mean, broadfoot for people that know, and it's pretty, pretty open. And you usually come up for home games on a Thursday. We train the Friday for shape and then play a game. But he was such a pro that he looked after himself down the roads. I mean, Wolfman yeah. looks that sort of player. He doesn't look like the sort of guy that's not taking care of himself. So could you not? You don't. Train? I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine. Ferguson would be happy about that situation. Yeah. No, no, I deal it better than nothing. No, if it's an option where he can get the home life and the work life balance, mm-hmm. then I mean, beggars can't be choosers. I mean, you don't let him go if you can't give yeah. him that option. But no, it's it's something that you'd imagine the club's talking about now because what's he got? Is it is it end of, is it end of January? I'd imagine so. It's only what eight weeks away, maybe nine weeks away. So not long. Just just outside Edinburgh, I bet Livingston FC have got to be a very, very big contender to try and sign him to save their season. Lovely. Wraith Rovers. That's a, that's a good shout. Mm. Wraith Rovers for me, I think. It's a shout. Dunfermline might look at him again. He was training ah. there before we picked him up. So, 
All right, All well, let, let's, move, let's move on to good segue, Steve. Let's move on to Dunfermline one one Saturday the eighteenth of November. Um, Danny Devine striking from inside the box to give us the lead, and then Dunfermline hit the woodwork a record seven times. Uh, actually eighth if you count their their eighty seventh minute equaliser, which hit the post and then went in. Um, I, I, can anyone? I can never. I cannot remember anyone, any team, any level hitting the post seven or eight times. Stevie, can you? No, no, it was it was incredible. I mean, you, you got to the point. I think we were next to each other. You start laughing with the third and fourth well, time. You know, it's just, I thought it's, we were. I thought we were stuck on for the win. Stuck on for it because of the the luck. You know. Ah, when we when we scored when Devine scored, I thought yes, yeah, it's written in the stars that we win. But no, I've never seen anything like it. And yeah, we're under a cosh to be honest. Um, I can't remember too many chances we created apart from the goal. I mean, we. Defensively, we were pretty decent, apart from obviously the, the chances conceded for the, the woodwork hits. But I thought it was their day that day. I'm off to be honest, I, even when they yeah. scored, I was like, "God, well, this is like a sucker punch." But yeah, well, we we gave away too many chances. I think it was uh, there was a couple of um, my mates at the game when we Chris and Ross Ross formerly of this parish um, who hadn't been to a game for a while, hadn't seen a match. So I was raving about how how great we were playing and. Um, with the new system of the three at the back, so what? But what they saw in the first half hour or so was quite different from what the what I told them they were going to be expecting. Um, but then we were actually coming up against a side for the first time playing a three at the back that also play at three at the back, and I've played a three at the back, come a five at the back since I think at some point last season. So um, as much as their league position doesn't suggest they're any great shakes, they are very competent in playing that system. So that's the first time we've actually been tactically sort of a bit un. Undone there, do you not think, uh, Sandy? I thought both teams played quite well in spells, but I mean, they definitely made the chances. And as Stevie says, apart from Barney's goal, I think the only couple of chances I can remember was Tommy missing a great chance uh, in the first half, and then Weatherspoon flashing one wide in the second. But we were we were under the cosh for a good chunk of it. I think that the difference that they had to us was the two wide players they had, um, Osler and, and Moffat. I thought they were both really good. They gave us a lot of problems on the wings. We couldn't cope with their pace. And they were two of the boys that hit the woodwork in the first half. You know, on another day, they would have both scored by half time. Uh, and I think it's maybe, like I said earlier, you know, I think it's maybe something we need to look at if we want to persist with this. We maybe need a couple of wide boys that have a wee bit more speed to them over kind of five, ten yards. But at the same time, you know, I look at this as a game where we haven't played as well uh, in, uh, previously. Uh, since Ferguson came in, but there were still moments in the game where I thought we played really well. We moved it really well. We, we, you know, there was a lot of pace uh, in terms of how quick we exchanged the ball. There was some lovely sort of passes from the likes of Anderson and and Gilmore getting them out wide. I mean, they were finding passes that, you know, I heard somebody criticising Gilmore for thinking he'd given it away, and he actually found Harper way out in the wing. You know, it was passes that nobody was seeing. So there is, there's still, there was still a lot to come away from there that was positive. Uh, and at the end of the day, you know, they're a decent side at home. They were champions last season in League One. They've got a really good sort of set of players. It wasn't a bad point to come away with, even if it was a late goal. You know, it would have been great to get the smash and grab, but I would have taken a point at the start of the day. Lee, Lee what was your take on this? You were at this game as well. What was, have you missed a game this season? Um, I've not missed a game of the Duncan Ferguson either. Um, but I've not, I've, I think I've missed two. Um, on the bandwagon, Lee. That's good effort. Hey, that's a good. Effort. I, I um, <laughs> Hopefully, we're working down in Glasgow. That'll be able to make the midweek down at um, Morton as well. Yeah, it was a smashing grab. I thought tactically, 
we did get a lot of joy from how many times was um Kami Harper um played through on that. I think, think we got a lot of joy from that system up against them. Um some of the one touch stuff around their box was um a joy to see. But I th- my overriding memory of this coming off of it was um we changed it too early, I thought. Yeah. With like half an hour to go. Yeah. We took off especially Billy Mackay. And um we put up we took off the two most attacking players and it says a lot about Sheridan and um Lodavica, I think, um that you're putting on a winger to go up top by himself. Yes, he does create a I think it was Carson putting a ball and it came to him late and he volleyed over um quite late on in the game, but I thought he he's got a bit of a track record. I remember his first game down at our broth. I thought he was too quick to change it again as well. He, I guess he wants minutes into the guy's legs that he, he's not seen. But that game especially, I, I thought we just changed it a bit too early. We're still a third of the game to go. Yeah, taking off your best biggest threat. Yeah, and the, and the ball the ball then didn't didn't stick. Then Steve did it. It didn't. We just had two wingers up there against three three good centre-halves who are well-positioned in that three-at-the-back shape and the ball was just coming back at us. Uh, I know, that was a great point. I forgot about that because it was similar to the Abroth one because um, I know Lee had £100 on us to win that day, so he was um, yes, knitting buttons when he went 3-2, um, when he went to 3-2. But I think, uh, that's again, I don't think he trusts the bench that much, but then there's a wee bit of naivety towards no finishing game any strikers on it. So I don't know if that's just a case that he's trying to get boys minutes and seeing if they're good enough or... It's got to be something more tactical than that, you know, about trying to, um, I don't know, uh, stretch their shape or something, you know, having players that can run between rather than a striker that can hold. I don't know, but, you know, it didn't it didn't, it didn't work, so... No, maybe a for next 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 league match will, will tell, won't it? Yeah. All right, um, we'll move on to the, the Saturday 11th of November. Um, probably the best performance of the season so far, certainly best 45 minutes. Um, David Weather's been scoring twice uh, as we moved out of the relegation spots for the first time. A close range finish followed by a deflected goal uh, and Billy Mackay converting a penalty on the stroke of half time and then Jamie Murphy taking a, a spot kick in the second half. I know the referee in this game. Guy messaged me, he goes, You never know who's guess who's in your game. It's a guy that lives around the corner from me. And uh he's actually a hearts fan. And I was at a, a mate's house one night, this the, the the mutual friend of ours, and he was like telling a story about him being a hearts fan and that, and the guy was just like glaring at him, and then they went into they went into the other room, and then my mate came back and he goes, He's just had a go at me. I says, What? He goes, He doesn't want people to know that doesn't want people to know he's a hearts fan. So if you look at who the referee was in this game, <laughs> uh, you, everyone, he's a Hearts fan. There you go. <laughs> Ian, I think it was, I better not actually. <laughs> just look it up, just look it up. Anyway, um, yeah, I I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't see this match. Obviously, my work commitments recently, but um, my brother told me um, they just didn't know how to deal with this first half. Is that right, Sandy? The first half hour was kind of a non-event, actually, really. But uh, if you if you kind of if you kind of sat and watched that, you would not have thought we were going to be three up at half time. Uh, they had probably more of the ball than we did. They didn't do that much with it. They were trying to stretch us. They were trying to get Murphy and, and Chalmers on the ball as much as they could. And credit to Hartford and, and Carson, they actually nullified them really well. Chalmers didn't come back out after half time, which tells its own story. Uh, and then once we got the the first goal, which uh, again, I mean, all three goals were 
at the end of really good sort of team moves. You know, once we got that first goal, that kind of 10 minutes between the first and second goal, we, we didn't really look back. We were really in the ascendancy at that point. And then we get the second, a bit of luck there. It's just coming on half time. You're thinking 2 nils brilliant. And then, as AY touched on earlier, the, the, the penalty that we got was at the end of probably the best move we had in the game. And Billy dispatches it, no bother, 3-0 half-time. You know, you love to see it. And then uh, the thing what changed it in the second half was Max Anderson didn't come back out after half-time. He'd picked up a bit of a silly booking during the game in the first half. And I don't know if it was down to that. I don't know if he had maybe picked up a little injury and we were just being cautious. But he put on uh, Louis Longstaff to play through the middle. Uh, and, you know, he was he was okay there. He did all right, but it did open us up a little bit, the air. And we kind of hit them with quite a flurry for the first 10, 15 minutes. Um, more of what kind of Lee was touching on in the Dunfermline game. A lot of really nice one-touch, fast-paced stuff. We got in behind a couple of times. Billy forced matching a good save. But then they got back into the game. They got their penalty. No qualms about it. And, yeah, you kind of you have flashbacks to the Arbroath game where they get the second and you would you could be excused for kind of worrying about that. But it didn't really happen. Air didn't really threaten after that. We didn't look like scoring again, but but neither did, did they. We kind of saw it out quite effectively. But yeah, m- most of all, I think it was the it was the fullbacks that got us this game because they were brilliant defensively and they were also huge hand in all the goals that happened. I think Carson needs to be highlighted for that in particular because he was a major doubt for that game. He was carrying a calf injury and he did just over an hour and he did it brilliantly. The other thing I suppose is just, yeah, Sandy was saying that Air didn't create much in the last 15 minutes. It last half hour and he, he's absolutely right about that. But also, I think that's partly because I think we never really lost our composure. We didn't go long. We didn't start like, you know, flapping and panicking and, and looking like we were desperately trying to just get the ball to anywhere, you know. And that's something that we might have done a year ago. You know, there was, there was so many games, like last season in particular, where the moment we conceded one, we just, you know, looked like, you know, rabbit in headlights, you know, and there, there was never a sense of that at all in this game. So I think there's a calmness about the team under Ferguson, which, you know, even when we're not necessarily creating a lot, we rarely look panicked, you know, maybe yeah. that our growth game would be the one exception. Okay, um, we'll just do one more game, um, sort of have a little focus on this one and then we'll move on um, Saturday 4th of November United United 1 Inverness Caledonian Thistle 1 um, Duncan Ferguson back at the back at the club where he started his career um, Nathan Shaw we talked about earlier on finishing off the swift counter attack and then Kevin Holt we're in, we're in the stand where he scores where he scores uh, Kevin Holt's thumping header. What well, it's actually an unstoppable header that it's absolutely superb and he's a he's an absolute um he scored a lot of goals this season for them. Um and then I think they were denied a late winner late on actually um keep keeping us in the game. Um I was I was very happy with this. I think most fans were happy with this. It, it felt like a win at the time and the manager even comes up to the stand at, at full time for the obligatory fist pump and it wasn't even three points it was one point. Yeah, were, were you were you happy with this one Lee? I thought it was um, our best performance of the season so far, if I'm being honest. Um, all round, yes, we gave them chances, but they're at the top of the league, you know what I mean? Um, especially the one, was it Louis Moult, when it falls to him and he should score. Yeah. Apart from that, we weathered the storm and we create some of our one-touch stuff again. Like you can tell that's something they've been working on and it's been something that we've been needing for a while, especially we were too slow under... I think the last two managers to break teams down in their like in and around their box because they they know we're a good team, um, and it's what you need is 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 quick 
quick passing, quick sharp passing. And and we did create a lot of opportunities. Marks Anderson this game was the standout for me, um, bursting through from midfield and um the goal is just is brilliant. Um him and Kami Harper, I've not really spoken about him, but he the he them them two really stood out um that game for us and yeah, it was just a good all round performance. Aye, exactly what Lee said. The only thing that I don't want to say it pissed me off, but I mean, Paul Irvin who listens to the pod, he pointed out as well during the game. We made two subs at corner kicks, one before yeah. Kevin Holt scored. And for me, yeah, maybe that's old school, but you don't change anything at corner kicks. I mean, that just dislodges your whole shape and how you're setting up and your block. But I, I was I was weird. He'd done it before Holt scored and he'd done it again after it. For, um... It's sort of like an unwritten rule, isn't it? Managers ah, tend know, not to do it. So even if you have a, a sub ready, they don't. They wait until that phase of play is over, don't they? Is that like you're, you're, obviously you've got your, your, your set up the defend a corner kick, so if he if you change it, that sort of dislodges it. But I that's only great because as Lee said, I thought Anderson was amazing. Um the way we held on to the ball distributing it left and right was superb. Um no real bad performers, but just that we that we signed in that room annoyed me and then they scored and they've done it again. So maybe maybe it was just coincidental or it was a, a purpose thing to do, but nah, yeah, you know, I've not seen that before. Sandy, this this I, mean, I think when the team was announced for this one we're like, wait a minute. What, what, what are we playing here? Because this is his, despite having been unbeaten in his previous few matches, he's gone and, you know, that is super confident. You know, in a week, we'll do a week's worth of training or change the system for playing the best team in the league. You know, were you worried? I wasn't actually, in all honesty. Just when I saw the, the personnel that was in the team, I could see what he was doing. He was obviously, I when I saw the, the it was three at the back, I thought he was probably erring on the cost of it because at the end of the day, it's, it's United and they've had a, a real sort of, well, at that point, they'd had a really, really strong start to the season, especially at home. Uh, so I wasn't wasn't overly worried. It, it sounds like a lot of the players have been really happy with what they've been getting in training. One thing that uh, I'd had a look at what a few of them had been saying in the sort of in the press, and uh, sort of one thing that they attached on was sort of simplicity of of his instructions and what he's expecting. So you can only conclude that he feels that they are capable of making these quick changes. And I mean, to be fair, so far it's kind of been justified. Over the games, we played two different formations. It's not really made much of a difference to our, our results and the sort of levels of our performance. Okay, and the last two games, um, we're not going to look at these quite a while ago, but Saturday 28th October was a 1 0 win over Eardry. That was obviously a, another Wotherspoon goal on the 7th of October, 0 0 draw against Partick Thistle. And those were the games. Um, uh, Lee, you've made a good impression already. Uh, I noticed you have a pen. Is that a pen in your hand or a cigar? Uh, no, it's a pen. A do pen, keep, yeah, okay. Do I keep clicking it? No it's, no, it's professional. I like it. I think everybody else should take note. For McDonald, I'm the castle, Liverness men, Weechies, Hustle, Jenny Heavers, CCTV, PC's Pizzas, Judas, City, Farland Park, the Library, Spectrum Centre, Mulgy Story, Cali Thistle, the Golden Mile, Music Centre, Matalan. John Robertson, Robo has left the building with the club putting out a statement last month stating John Robertson is leaving the club to pursue other opportunities in the game. Ross Morrison's personal statement continued his football achievements here in the Highlands are outlined below and astute transfer dealings bought uh, significant funds across his time in charge and felt that Piridi was a brilliant ambassador for the club. His drive to establish a new 10-acre hub for the ICT Community Trust, working with Highland Council, etc. Um, great work, gone unseen. He actually says, in particular, has gone unseen by almost everybody out with the football club. Great uh, use of the word out with. Uh, we wish him well in his future endeavours and he will always be welcome 
at the Caledonian Stadium. We talked about Robbo in a recent pod, guys, um, but it's worth remembering that as a manager, he, he was a success. Um, we were never in a relegation battle with John Robertson. More often than not, we were in the upper echelons of the championship and he most notably stabilised the football club following relegation from the Premier League. He just first joined us in December 2002. He was a the manager then. After Stevie Patterson left, he took us to a fourth place finish in uh, 02-03, Scottish Cup quarterfinals, first ever trip to Hamden, uh, went on to win the first division. Um, then he left to join Hearts. And obviously when he came back, he's, as I say, stabilised us. And um, he, obviously going through the pandemic as well was very challenging. And then he had his own personal circumstances, which which were again very challenging. So then when he returned to the football club, um, or sort of certainly returned to work, he became the sporting director. So he sort of leaves with um first division title, Scottish Challenge Cup, two of them. Um, and he's got three Scottish Cup semi-final appearances. So that is that's not a bad legacy. Uh AY, how would you reflect on his time? <laughs> I knew you were gonna come to me and for some reason I kind of like <laughs> overlook overlooked this when I was doing my preparation. But uh, I mean I think his obviously his first spell was excellent. That that's no no kind of uh, there's no disputing that. Um, and who knows how well he'd have gone on to do in the Premier League if he you know stayed for the first full season and, and beyond with us. You know, because um, obviously the Hearts game is so different. So Hearts' job is so different that there's no way of kind of comparing what he did there with what he might have done with us. Um, in his return to the club, I think he the first season was really underwhelming, but he came in so late that I think he wasn't really able to act on one of his greatest strengths, which I think is is good recruitment. I think some, some people might disagree with me, but I would argue really strongly that if you look at Robbo right across his time with us, he's probably got one of the best success rates over signings. And the only period where that um, really wasn't the case was that, that very first season when he brought in an awful lot of players very quickly who just weren't up to scratch, and he, he he rectified that in the second the second season, or even even in just beginning to rectify that, I believe, in the January window of that first season down. Um, one of the things maybe is I think his teams in the second spell lacked a little bit of a clear identity. There was a period I think when when that season when Chalmers Joe Chalmers actually had a surprisingly good season and. Um, he had, uh, you know, and Rooney really kicked on in that. The first season of the podcast, in fact, I think there you started to see, you know, the roots of a good team sort of and, and potentially quite an exciting team emerging. Um, and uh, maybe it's just the fact that we couldn't hold on to some of our better players meant that he wasn't able to build on that, you know. So I think there was there's probably a lot of frustration there, you know, because his first spell in charge of the club, it was a club sort of on the up and better financially supported. Um, his second spell with us, it was that constant kind of churn of players, you know, and then obviously COVID. So I think it's a very hard thing to um, to judge just exactly how successful he was. But overall, I think he did pretty well. And actually, the last thing I'll say about him is that we should probably give him credit if it was him that was responsible before, just before does left, for bringing in Anderson and boys then actually he's left us or one of the two of them has left us with three players who have actually gone on to be very important um, parts of the team you know so I think you know maybe give either Robbo or Dodds I don't know who was responsible for identifying those players the credit for that Stevie how do you think he'll be feeling about his time with the club uh, overall and um, especially given the recent seasons and more importantly leaving the club it seems a strange time given his connection with the club over the over a, over a long period of two periods it seems a strange time to leave Aye, there's like you said, there's, there's two John Robertsons. There's John Robertson, the manager, who is a legend, and uh, yeah, 
what he's done, why he's went through his accomplishments. There's a sporting director, John Robertson, who leaves a bit of taste in a lot of fans' mouths because, one, when it's not his fault, I don't think his job was clearly defined by the club. I think they were making it up as he went along. Um, clearly, they had to fit him into a role to keep him at the club when he was obviously um, stepping back from being a manager. Um, I mean, he's been pushed. He's not walked away, let's be frank. He's not resigned for any other... How do you know that? that? A source is within the club. He's just been told that his job's no longer needed. I think Duncan doesn't need a sporting director. I don't think the club needs a sporting director. I think it's a role that's not for a club of our size. And that's that's my opinion, not the opinion of the pod. But yeah, he's he's been asked to leave. And I think it's a good thing. I don't think being at um, Dingwall every Saturday when we're on the road and he's watching Ross County is a good look. Um, but again, is that the club or is that John Robertson? I don't know if his role was really defined. I mean, even the statement that the club put out, a lot of fans didn't know what he'd done. Well, he never told us what he'd done. So it's a bit of a, I don't mm-hmm. know, it's, it's a legend in the football terms. I think he'd done great for us, as AY said. I just think either he was sold a false job or we just didn't know what to do with him. I think it, it, he, he tried to do stuff for the guys in the roof, didn't he? And that was progressing. Um, that's fell by the wayside now, and I think they're back in the stand. So, yeah. Listen, I'll never bad word to say about John Robertson personally. I just think the role wasn't ideal, wasn't wasn't needed, um, but he was good for the pod. And uh, yeah, he's he's always going to be a legend in my eyes and the and the football side of things. Lee, um, as a younger fan, do you sort of notice achievements of previous years, or is it all about the now for you? Because there's a thing in football that's been talked about called recency bias. So you know things that have been ha- happened a long time ago. You know people sort of forget about it, and it's not just a what you know what's he done now. You know, he, you know, like for instance, a great player who's now you know can't hack it anymore or something like that. But what's what's your what's your thoughts on him? Obviously, I remember him when without um, season when we went down, he was the only guy that would really look like the blue wanted the job and um, stabilised the ship. Although it was. That first season was absolutely terrible and we finished fifth. But the seasons after that, we really pushed on and we were, we were decent. I think I'm like everybody on um, the football side. I don't think you can question them on that um, part. But I'm like everybody else. I think this is where the club's lack of communication with the fans has really came back to bite them on the arse. Um, and as football fans, we always go to the worst-case scenario when we're not being told anything. And yeah. we only see this stuff of, oh, I'm promoting my book on my social media seven days a week. Oh, I'm at Ross County on a Saturday. But what are you doing for us? And I think I'm like everybody that Inverness isn't a club that is the size that needs a sporting director, but I can't fault the um, achievements he has as a manager. Great answer. And now I will unleash Sandy Sutherland. Uh, open no. the gates. The, the rancor. <laughs> I need to get my shirt off and do some shadow boxing first. Give me a minute. Uh, no, I can't I can't really put much more on what's already been said. You know, Rob was a manager, did so much for us over both spells. And, you know, as AY touched on, uh, especially as a manager, his recruitment uh, record is really, really good. And I think that goes in both spells. Especially in the second one, because yeah, it did take a while, but quite a lot of those players after a while did find their feet, and then subsequent windows were more successful. He's got, he's got a league title. He's got, is he not got three challenge cap? 
that we're, we're not like declared joint winners. We're yeah, I, 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 I just, I know, I, I omitted that. I know, I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm throwing a line out there. But yeah, the the sporting director thing. I think Lee nailed it there. You know, it was never really specified, but there were large chunks of the last sort of two, two and a half years where we haven't been playing well. A lot of the players that came into the club were not very successful. Um, I'm kind of excluding this season because obviously he's left. I'm kind of talking about last season, the season before. A um, lot of expensive mistakes in a short kind of space of time for me. You know, players that kind of came in, some players who were really sort of well established at this level, and a lot of them just didn't see kind of six months at the club, and we were kind of back to the drawing board. And I think it set us back in many ways. I think it's one of the reasons why we had such a bad start to to this season. Uh, but yeah, I think as soon as Ferguson got the job, you kind of had a feeling that this was was kind of coming when he was appointed as manager and, and not head coach. I think that was kind of a, a red flag for anybody that was uh, reading into it sort of close enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, the guy's done a lot for the club over the time he's been here. Most of it good. He goes with my best wishes. I just think it maybe should have happened a bit sooner because Oz has been touched on a lot of what he was doing as sporting director. Maybe wasn't the best to looks. It's been and gone now. You know, we move on. I've got to ask though, uh, Stevie. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but you were saying he's been he's been put out basically. So does that Aye. mean he's been? Does that mean he's been paid off? Um, I he's left. I, I don't know if such as about how he's been paid off or not, Sandy. But basically, I Duncan's come in and said, look, there's there's no don't really need to work with sporting director. He's got his own uh, staff. I mean, Gary Bowen are pretty tight. They've got their own scout network. Um, to AY's point about signings, they were all Billy Doyle signings. So Uger came from Craig Moore. Craig Moore's mm-hmm. Rangers agent, so from Australia, obviously, ex-Rangers and Billy Dawes' teammate. So, I Robbo basically has to leave, and um, I it's, it was on the club's decision. But I think it's it's probably a, it's a sensible move in terms of, if they're, if they're not going to use him, then why keep him on? And he, he commands a good wage, so free, free Robert, Robert up to do more media work, and we can put the money elsewhere, hopefully. All right, well, we wish, we wish John Robertson all the best, and he's... Like you say, he's doing more media. He's back on the radio. He's back on the radio this weekend. He's on the radio. Billy Dodge is on the radio. Neil McCann does the TV. It's Cali Thistle's just a it's a it's a a learning ground for pundits, isn't it? So, big big dunk will be Sky Sports next. Bloody hope not. Where'd you want to drink? Well, 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 the Glen Alvin, the Thistle the Jolly Trooper, the Castle Tavern, Cupcus Jocksters, Dimes at Gallons, the City Bar, number 27, Phoenix Waters, Love to Love, King Exchange, and Mambo's Hush, Heepies, Jeepies, Johnny's, Riley's, Bergie's, Kilmore, Hoop, and I. The return of Head to Head, the Battle Royale of Scottish football in this pod, it's a big one, it's two of the most reviled creatures that Scottish football has ever dragged out of the fetid SPFL cesspit of unspeakable filth go head to head. But who are they? And what has brought us to this? Why why, why do we have to silly this this Cali Thistle pod with the likes of them? Well, he's back. He's been there before. He claims success, but he's got nothing to show that success he's made crazy assertions he's left people in the shit he's been wildly vilified a lot of people love him most people hate him and he shagged a pig but enough about david cameron we're talking about derek on a farm adams he's back in scottish football um and he's gonna go head to head in our head to head against old uncle roy who's taking who i've got deep now i've got uncle roy and what's the what's the um 
the what's the basis of this vague, vaguely thought through um, uh, idea? Is it who's a bigger bigger arsehole? What is it? I don't know. Yeah, I think effectively. Yeah, I think if Sandy if Sandy does his um, bits on on Derek, and then I'll do my bits on Roy. We'll just see how it goes. All right, shoot. Okay, so he brought Michael Garding to the Highlands not once, not twice, but on three separate occasions. Uh, he thinks Martin Scott is a decent human being. He thinks Johan Arkwin is a footballer. Uh, he punched Sean Higgins uh, and he pushed Ivan Sproul, so he's obviously got a thing about picking on short guys that play for him. Uh, he once got an 18-match ban, um, which is a pretty impressive feat for any manager, and it was reduced, but it was still reduced to six games, which is pretty bad for anybody. Uh, he uh, thinks that County have a chance of qualifying for Europe this season, which I think is quite special. And uh, this is one I got from uh, a relative of mine. Um, she was at the Rod Stewart concert at the Cali Stadium, uh, however many years ago it was. Sitting behind her was none other than Derek and George. And for the entire night, the two of them literally stood with their arms crossed and didn't do a thing. <laughs> Nobody, Who does that at a Rod Stewart concert? There you go. There, there's Derek for me. I love it. Right. Uncle Roy. Uh, there's no contest. Derek's just an angry little puppet and Uncle Roy is a kind of evil puppet master. He pulls the strings and Derek comes running back to Dingwall. There's just something really shady about Roy McGregor. He wears tinted glasses all year round in a town that only has four hours of daylight in the winter. He claims to be a devout member of the Free Church to the extent that he boycotted a televised Scotch Cup tie in 2001 because it was played on a Sunday. But did he boycott the League Cup final in 2016 when it was held on a Sunday? No, he did not. Um, also, if he's such a good Christian, why is he pouring so much of his vast footballing for, uh, uh, fortune into a footballing black hole instead of actually pouring money into the community? You know, if you're yep. enabling 2,000 gudgies to watch an overpaid Jack Bolt and fall in the every week, you're not creating an act of charity or doing good for community, you're torturing them. <laughs> and let's not forget you made all this money from planet-destroying fossil fuels, whereas ICT, for example, are all about the renewables. And he stole the Highland Football Academy for us, and I haven't even mentioned the manager that he employed prior to uh, Derek Adams. He's Phenomenal. Evil. Phenomenal. You're back on a minute, both of you. Um, that, that was great. Uh, thoughts? Thoughts, Stevie? Oh, two great shouts here. Two arseholes as well, not you boys, obviously, the people you're talking about, but it's well. hard to... Hard to when uh, Sandy started off strong with the guard down shout. That was a that was a good left left right good night. But he always came back like Tyson Fury, hasn't he? He did. Back, came back from the grave there, and uh, I'll, give, I'll give it to you why I think, mate. I think he's uh, he destroyed that old uh, that old Jekyll, Mister McGregor. So I think uh, I'd, I'd give it to you why, but I'll let that let back to you boys. What What do you think, Lee? As a as a someone who's performed. On stage, what what do you think? What stage? What do you think of those two two, two performances make, there? They both make compelling arguments, um, but I always think you go there. There's like a drug dealer and a drug supplier, and Derek. <laughs> where, are going, where are you going with this? Dealer. Right, wait a minute. Sorry, so there's, so there's a drug dealer. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm listening now. If people weren't listening, they're listening now. Supplier, okay. and they're both bad, shady people. But you gotta go. There, uh, Roy McGregor is the drug supplier. Yeah. You gotta take him out. He's the bigger Pablo McGregor. Yeah. Yeah. you should probably point out that Pablo that is a metaphor, metaphor rather than um, a claim. But yes, it's, it's yeah, yeah. No, that he, is a lie. He's uh, well, no, we're not. We're not even allegedly saying <laughs> no, that Roy sorry, McGregor no, supplies no, drugs. No, we're saying we're using it as a metaphor. So we, to the best of our knowledge. 
it's not an alleged metaphor, it's a metaphor as a metaphor. No, it's just a metaphor. So, yeah. So uh well I think yeah, I'm with I'm with my two colleagues here. Um I thought Sandy, I thought you, you made a you made a compelling argument and I was all for it until yeah, AY brought out the big guns, you know, some phenomenal stuff in there. You know, fossil like fuels ja- fossil fuels and the, the big big one too of fossil fuels and Jack Baldwin did it for me. That was it. So you're the winner. Well done. I'll admit what I'm betting. Fair play, boy. Yeah, that was head to head. Uh, any recommendations for other head to heads we should do in forthcoming pods? Please let us know. Ingress, what the hell? How you doing? No barter sell for shitty weather, drugs, and pissness. Inverness is a fucking business. Okay, let's move on to another very quick section. Not something that I have particularly notes on, but I know all you boys are very keen to talk about it, or half the quorum is. Um, let's talk battery farms. Uh, I don't, you know, I've only seen bits and pieces online. What I do know is that we, and I think this comes from Bill McMillan, you know, we haven't put out any football-related statements in a number of months, bar the managerial um, appointment, but we put out four statements about a battery farm in a week and a video um so yeah we're we're going we're as a club we're going for it um appraise me of what has been happening andrew well obviously i think hopefully most people listening to it will know that um the club put out a statement which included a 12 minute or 12 and a half minute video from ross morrison uh talking about the application for uh, from intelligent land investments to uh, build a battery storage facility um, on land um, in the old fairways golf course, um, which I believe is owned by David Cameron, one of the club directors. And um, the recommendation made to the planning council was that they should reject this on various grounds, um, some to do with the designation of the land use, some to do with um, objections from local residents about potential noise pollution, um, and uh, there's one or two others which kind of I think I've got kind of written down here. Flood, flood, uh, flooding was another one anyway. Flooding was uh, one, yeah, I, that, yeah, that was one. And um, kind of general stuff relating to not just the, the designation of the land, but stuff around sort of biodiversity, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and the chairman basically kind of like was asking supporters to lobby local councillors to um, try and um, make them change their minds if they were starting to kind of like, you know, um, set their minds against the project. And what happened actually in the planning meeting on Wednesday, I believe, was that the project was deferred um, and it said that uh, it deferred to allow for a site visit and for the applicants to make their arguments, I think, more more strongly, develop their arguments more strongly, which to me actually sounds like a, a decent outcome. So that's, the, that's my very sort of... Um, improvised background to it just based on some of the reading I was doing this afternoon. Steve, do you know anything about that? I mean, obviously you you know talked to Morrison and Gardner previously and um you know the the sort of general line was we need to create um alternative revenue streams. Is is is, is that essentially remain the aim? I well, I was I was at sad I was working from home on Wednesday I decided to log into the Helen Council meeting and watch the Zoom. That was interesting watching uh, middle aged men trying to Work out how to share screens and a live council <laughs> meeting, so that was yeah, that was top notch. But I, it's I, I know a little bit about it. I mean, I, I met Mark Wilson actually in a broth. Mark Wilson's the guy that owns ILI, um, our shirt sponsors. He was there for the playoff games. I think yeah, the Friday night game. But um, Sandy says before, actually in the chat, and it's pretty true. There's been a lot of history of ILI shutting down 
Barty Farms, whether, whether involuntary or voluntary. There's a bit of history in that. I think this is what's causing concern because I I don't know how the club can benefit financially from a Barty Farm. If it's still called Red John, I think we're still calling it Red John, aren't we? But if not, then what the project's called. But that's where I don't know where we get the money from. And, and again, I don't know if we should be told, but watching the council meeting, this has been deferred, I think, just to appease basically ILI going for a site visit to give more, give more, basically give more uh, information. But there's a lot of disruption that's going to be planned there. Those houses behind the, the planned uh, couple of hectares space, they're big, expensive houses, and I think residents here won't be that happy. And I mean, I, I live in a new build estate. I think you're in one as well, Moff. I've got wind farms pretty close to me. And what's going to happen in this Barty farm, and I don't get the... If somebody knows this podcast knows, I don't get the reason. They'll, they'll only work when the turbines shut off, right? That's during the night, right? So they make a lot of noise. These things aren't on during the day. These Barty farms, they sit and operate during the night. And they say they can they say they can give two hours of electricity to the whole of the islands. Yeah, between four and six in the morning, but who's up apart from certain parts of Hilton and uh, down the ferry, but that's a different story. But I don't understand why how the club can get money from it, but then again, I don't see the benefit really. I get renewable energy in the way forward and back to Mr. McGregor's point about um making money off of uh, fossil fuels. Um I don't see a benefit of the club can get money from it. I don't think you boys know any more than I do, but a battery farm essentially just runs for a few hours a night and it makes a hell of a noise. So if you're paying a lot of money for those houses near that fairways part of land, then you ain't going to be happy if these things are running during the night. So, Sandy, are you, are you for know. it? Do you think it's a positive um, move by the club to to to? I did, did one thing. I, I, I as I say, I'm I'm pretty pretty far removed from this, but um, I did notice that Alan Alan Savage, um, former chairman of the football club, um, has put his put his money. Or put his um, influence behind the football club, and they're supporting the application. And, and and his opinion holds a lot of weight, I think, in the Highlands. Yeah, I mean, a, a few people have. I know one of the inches council, local councillors in the inches area has as well. I can't remember her name. And from what I can gather, there's not been much of a pushback locally because obviously there's quite a few houses in that surrounding area already. I don't think there's been any from from there or from the the travel lodge that's kind of nearby. I think one of the issues that was raised as well was that that 2% is in a sort of designated green space. So any sort of planning or evidence or sort of findings you have to put in, it's all kind of got to be wind and water tight. And even Ross Morrison admitted that everything that they had to submit wasn't actually put in in time. So they've been a, they've maybe dropped the ball a little bit on that one. And that's probably why they've bought themselves the, the deference. I mean, yeah, it's if it is what he says it is, then yeah, I am for it. I'm just, you know, as Stevie says, I'm a bit sceptical. From what Ross Morrison has had to say in his his little segment and also what he had to say in the the reporters trust meeting that happened a couple of weeks ago it sounds like they've kind of put all their eggs into this basket and it needs to work and if it doesn't there's maybe room for concern a lot of concern so i hope it does work i'm not an expert i you know i don't pretend to really know what it it's all about and how it works you know even and why probably touched on it better than i have but yeah, it sounds like the the sort of consistent theme is that it needs to happen for us, or we're really going to be back to the drawing board in terms of sustaining ourselves long term. We need to find alternative income streams. That's the bottom line. The club support is what lost maybe lost a quarter to a third of our core support over the last ten years, and I'm not sure that's coming back even to get promoted. So in principle, they're doing the right thing, trying to get alternative income streams. I would also, to some extent, hopefully trust them. 
you were saying, Steve, you don't know where we're going to get money from. Presumably, they must have some sort of agreement in place, whether David Cameron's pledged it from the money he gets for the land or whether yeah. ILI or something like that. There must be some payment there. So I think if it works, then I wouldn't have an issue with that at all. And, and I'm not bashing it. I think it's great. I think I'd love to know if the club could say, if the club came out and say, how are we making money from this? I think that would get supporters to rally if they mm-hmm. wanted to rally. Yeah. Supporters, yeah. let us know where we benefit the club, not the area. Yeah, not, let's be selfish. Lee, Lee, you still there? Yes, you got it. <coughs> no, no, um, no, no, no. Do, yeah. you, do you like batteries? Do you like farms? Um, batteries, yes, been stuck in a lorry at farms far too many times, so no. Um, uh, sorry, I'm you've been stuck in a lorry on farms. What, yeah, you know, no, I drive a lorry and we go to farms. And then it just gets stuck, and it's just terrible. Right. I hate this time of year being in a lorry and getting stuck on a farm. It's horrible. Uh, anyway, I was speaking to some of the people I sit around at the ground yesterday, and I think for me this is another situation where it's kind of the clubs kind of all of a sudden, you should be really excited about battery farms, and I'm like, what the hell is a battery farm? <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, it just, I think we need to, to, I think it's another situation where we need to get the communication between the fans and the club really much better. I would happily, if I knew what it was and was given that information, I think he has done a bit more in the last week while trying to um, tell us what it is, but it was, came very much at the last minute. Um, I'm all in favour of it. Um, if it if it brings some sort of um, money to the club, but I also have horrible flashbacks of um, Luca Bocelli concerts, and um, I'm a bit sceptical of what. Yeah, he does. Yeah, look at that's Andrea's brother, isn't it, Luca? Oh, is it? You can see that one. That he's not the blind one, so you're all right, mate. <laughs> right, okay. If you think I'm keeping 25 minutes of battery farm chatting this, you're sadly mistaken. This is getting edited down. Right, up next, Lee, look ahead. You got no solo rubber bumpers. League look ahead, a busy Christmas period sees us with six matches over the month of December, but what game jingles our bells and what match gives us the chills? Saturday the 2nd of December, Wraith at home uh, on this date in 1852, uh, Napoleon Bonaparte became Emperor of the French as Napoleon III. Um, of course, that film's out just now, directed by Ridley Scott, who also directed Blade Runner. All these moments will be lost in time like tears in the rain, which was, I think, how we felt when we lost the 20-year record against Wraith Rovers and Billy Dodd's last game. That is the most tenuous thing I've ever done on this podcast. Uh, This should be, I'm going to say, a 1-0 win, Sandy. I hope so. I think it'll be a tough game. You know, they're they're playing very well at the moment, and I, I think they've got a really, really good squad. They're pushing United as best as they possibly can. I think the top two there looks quite sort of solidified. I would be okay with a draw. Love a win. My one wee concern is they love a late winner. Uh, and, you know, the last couple of times we've conceded some late goals. Um, I'm hoping that's not going to happen. Be a tight game, though. I mean, I'm hoping it'll be a good game. I'm hoping it'll be two teams really kind of going at it. Though so I'm hoping for goals and obviously hoping for a good result. 
We'd love a win. We'd be content with a point. Eli. Yeah, can I come in and can I come in and I just say that this game both kind of excites me and kind of scares me in equal measure because um, as you were saying, Sandy, Wraith have loved kind of late winners, but see the Dunfermline game on Friday night, uh, well, I thought well. they looked really, really good. You know, in that first they? half, they just yeah. they absolutely took them apart. You know, um, brilliant attacking uh, players: Dylan Easton, Lewis Vaughan, Josh Mullen, um, and that's a Dunfermline team that made life very difficult for us the week before, and Wraith just rolled them over. You know. And the other thing is, I think Dundee United are just starting to look a little shakier. You know, they the good effect is maybe kicking yeah, in. Yeah, and yeah. so Wraith are going to be so up for this. They're going to take a big crowd up, you know. What I would really like to see is, well, one thing would be big performances from the likes of Shaw and Anderson like we got against Dundee United. But also, I really want us to get a really big crowd in for this. You know, Wraith Rovers are going to take a big crowd up. And I start December, if we have like our support out in numbers, creating a really big atmosphere, like just making it seem like we're really serious about it, you know, and really, really get behind the team, you know, because this is a, we win this somehow. If we get this, then three games after that are the three most winnable fixtures we could possibly have. And it could be the start of a totally season transforming month for us, you know. Um, but it does also scare me because I think Wraith Rovers are at the moment the, the best team in the league or the strongest team in the league. Can I tell you, I have uh, an open treble on three teams to win the league. Wraith Rovers to win the championship, uh, Falkirk to win League One and Dumbarton to win League Two. And if that came in, I'd get £1,200. That's not far away. Doable, doable. It was only from a tenner. Anyway, um, Saturday 9th of December, Queen's Park away on this date in 1868. The first traffic lights are installed outside the Palace of Westminster in London. Resembling railway signals, they used semaphore arms and are illuminated at night by red and green gas lamps. Uh, just an interesting little fact for everybody there. I've no idea why I wrote that down because I, said I didn't have a lot of time to prepare for this, so I never wrote a joke. <laughs> so just a fact. Uh, Queen's Park away. I'm I, I'm going to have to miss this. I really like to go, even though the 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 trip looks. I mean, the, the ground looks awful. We're not actually going there. No, we're going to Hamden, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Oh, they're not yep. playing there anymore. Oh, that'd be quite good. Fuck, who's going? Oh, that's 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 a game for everybody. I wishes he was 175 miles back down the road. This is a south side pub crawl before the game, so mm-hmm. hitting a few popular establishments. But yeah, that's, I'm looking. Just race over, I think, the hardest game of the run in December. I think that will be, that's even harder than the uh, the part of Sicily game where we normally get pumped at Christmas time. But yeah, for the, the day out, this is an official sort of Christmas day out that you're missing, Moff. So yeah, I look forward to it. I know, I know once we get to game, Hamden will be, what, lucky if it's even like, what, a, a 15th full or something? I don't That'd know. That'd be great, though. I, I remember when we played it, we were in the third division back in the back yeah. in the day. I remember one of my first away trips. Well, my very first away trip was Montrose, but a few weeks later was was Queens Park uh, at the old Hamden with the wooden with the wooden seats, and, uh, and it's just great, um, just a great experience. Just being in that ground when it is quite empty, it's it's not particularly eerie. It's just interesting, you know. So yeah, it's, yeah, a, yeah, it's yeah, a different yeah. experience as a football fan, isn't it? When so many are similar. Yeah, they're, they're, they're in the shit as well. I think they found their. They're sort of standing in the league, so it's still expect three points there. But no, I'm for to do it, mate. Gutted you can't make it, make it, but it'll be it'll be good pre and post match. Um, Tuesday, twelfth of December. This is a rescheduled game, so I suppose we've got a game in hand presently. Uh, Morton away uh, on this day, and oh, I didn't put write the year down. North Korea successfully launched its first satellite, which is a bit like um, 
Greenock Morton being floated on the stock exchange. What's the point? Uh, this this should be a win because they are, yeah, they're not doing well. I similar. I think they're, they're in the shit. I think um, if Emery had any chance to leave Morton, he's probably left it too late now because uh, he's getting pelted. Broadfoot's getting it tight as well. Um, they don't have a squad really. I mean, they've got probably what three or four in the bench most weeks, um, excluding a keeper, and a lot of journeymen there. I don't think a lot coming through from the reserves around the eighteen. So. Yeah, tough place to go this time of year, though. I mean, you don't want to stay at the pitch that Capo will be like, but, yeah, you'll be spending. Spending, I mean, December itself, if you take out maybe Thistle away, which will be tough in potentially race, there's nine points minimum out of, what, 15 there, so... Yeah, you know what, just go, going back to Morton there, Steve, looking at the league at the moment, time of recording, they played 12. Nina to them is our broth, we'll talk about them in a minute, um, ninth, who've played 11. So they're actually, they played one game more than ninth and they're four points adrift at the bottom of the league. That does not look good for the people of Inverclyde. Yeah. They're still starting Stephen Boyd. That's it at all. Yeah, all right, let's move on. Oh. Uh, Saturday, 16th of December, Arbroath at home uh, on this day in 1980. Colonel Sanders, he of KFC fame, died. And we said goodbye to another uh, old, colourful character, uh, often derided from Scottish football this week. He's not dead, our both are just dickless. He's gone, Sandy. Yeah, an easy game. It could be a tricky game. I think it all depends on who they get in charge and what sort of a kind of bounce they get off the new manager by that point. Uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that it's going to be another win first because on our day, I think we've got players that are better than them. We're at home. The way we're playing right now, as long as we've kind of got the same sort of squad coming up for that, I'm hoping that'll be a win. Not saying necessarily a comfortable win, but I'm, but I'm hoping for a win in that one. Dick Campbell. Strange to see him walk. He wasn't sacked. He's he has just walked. He had an altercation with the fans. They were beaten by Spartans in the Scottish Cup at the time of recording yesterday. Um, as he just thought, you know, I'm, is he is he lethal weapon? To it? I'm too old for this shit. Anyway. He possibly has. I think um, there was definitely the fans are grateful to him, but I think a lot of them think that he's hindering them rather than helping them. And if you look at Look at the squads. I mean, there's quite a lot of stalwarts from two seasons ago, two, three seasons ago, still there. Colin Hamilton, Ricky Little, Michael McKenna, David Gold. They're all guys that were part of that very good team. And some of the players that they brought in, Jermaine Hilton and Jay Bird, you know, were looking really good earlier in the season. I mean, mm-hmm. forget that. That, 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 start, that win. Yeah, that win that, yeah. um, what you call it, that we got against them was a, was a massive shock because they were the firm team in the league at the time. You know, and us being 3 0 up was, was kind of crazy sort of stuff. And that was really the start of their slide. You know, so th- my fear about this game is that they actually do have the, the the makings of a decent team in there, and for whatever reason, Campbell's stubbornness or his man management or something has has just kind of gone a bit awry. A lot of players, a lot of the sport, seem to think that he's he's being stubborn and he's leave it, he's freezing certain players out and this sort of stuff, and he's sticking with tactics that aren't working, and that there's far more potential in that team that he's getting out of them. So that's a fear that they get a. A good new manager bounce that just kind of coincides with us playing them. Fifty party Thistle is director of football. That's the rumor, isn't it? That's the rumor, yeah. Yeah. So maybe maybe something in that. All right. And um, we also play Partick on the twenty third of December, and we also play Morton on the thirtieth. But we're gonna. I'm committing. I'm committing. Let's let's you know toss br- talk uh, brass tacks. I'm committing us to putting out an annual, regardless of work commitments and family commitments that a lot of us have. I'm committing us to putting out an annual Christmas extravaganza. What do you say? Oh, I, 
Oh, we'll do it. Yeah, go for it. Yes, we're getting new people involved. We've got Lee on for this one. We had Ross on for the last one. We've had Chalky on this season. We've got other people that want to get involved. You know, I say we get, so we normally have like four or five of us. I say we get like six or seven all together. We do an hour and a half record or something. We pick the best bits and we put that into a, a classic, you know, Christmas themed podcast that people seem to enjoy most years. Um, we, we dust off the old jokes, you know, once in Royal Davy. Uh, Daisy Ross City, that sort of stuff, uh, and we put out a podcast, and it would be really, really good um, for this podcast coming up if we could get some interviews as well, and people will notice the absence of interviews with players uh, from this pod in the last couple of pods. We're working really, really hard to try and get interviews back in the podcast. I know people, a lot of people, have been in touch with us individually and as a and as a group to to uh, to say, look, we really enjoy the interviews. They provide a little bit more. Um, a little more light, a little more information as to the players and what they're like, a little bit what goes on in the football club, uh, and you enjoy them. And we enjoy doing them. And Stevie enjoys doing them, and so do I. So hopefully we can get them back. And we'll also get some interviews from a few, hopefully a few a few classic individuals um, formerly of this parish for the Christmas pod as well. So um, other than that, that, that is it for us. We will be back at Christmas time. Until then, until then, what are we all, what are we off to do? Go to bed and go to work, mate. Just boring. <laughs> go bed. <laughs> Until then, we yeah. have to go to bed and go to work. Love it. Right. It's a bye from them. Say bye, everyone. Bye. Guys. bye. It's a you bye from off. me. Uh, oh, bye. Before, before, we, before we say, before, we, before I do this, the sign off, Lee, have you enjoyed yourself? I have loved myself. You've loved Love yourself. <laughs> I'm up at four o'clock in the morning. So, um, oh, right. Um, been, a, been a pleasure. Been a pleasure. I have loved it. Um, thank you very much for having me on. Um, this has come from a drunken afternoon in our broth where I was just like, you should get me on the pod. And um, you've followed through, so thank you very much. We always follow through. You know it. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's a bye from them and a bye from me. Take care of yourself Brilliant. each other and bye yeah, for bye. now. Yep, yep.